Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome again to another edition of the Demonland podcast. Uh, my name is Andy, and uh, back by popular demand, joining me tonight, uh, Whispering Jack. Good evening, Whispering Jack. Yes, good evening, Andy, um, and it's uh, a pleasure to be back again, but I thought I was actually back because I had to jump onto the interchange due to Grapeviney's absence on some recruiting mission in the Northern Territory, rather than by popular demand. Well, I was just saying popular demand so that you wouldn't feel so bad. But yes, uh, Whispering Jack is only joining us because Grapeviney is unavailable uh, this week and possibly next week. I haven't got a firm commitment uh, from him. So um, yes, Grapeviney, if you are listening, uh, we we do miss you. But uh, Demonland gets to listen to uh, the dulcet tones of Whispering Jack. So uh, welcome back, Whispering Jack. Good, thank you. Great to be here, especially after our performance last uh, Saturday. Well, how did we perform the last time you were on? I can't remember which uh, which week that was. Do, do, you, re- do you remember? <laughs> or do you, do you want to forget? Have I been on? You've been on uh, at least once. <laughs> look, I, I think we may have been victorious at that time, but uh, question- we could have lost to the Swans the immediately after my... Um, the brilliant advice I gave to Simon Goodwin about uh, tactics and um, how to defend and how to play the game of football. So um, um, that is yeah. not a good sign. Um, yes, no, yeah. <laughs> not a good sign. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, if if anyone would like to uh, call the show tonight, uh, you can talk to us about any of the topics uh, we bring up. Uh, you can call the show two ways: zero three nine zero one six three triple six. Uh, or you can Skype us Demonland31. Uh, either of those methods will get through to us. Uh, yeah, so just hold on the line. If I pick up the phone, I might not get you to get to you straight away because uh, we might be in the middle of a conversation, but just hold on and we'll get to you as soon as we can. Um, so Whispering Jack, we, um, we went down to you know freezing, uh, windy uh, Hobart and uh, we didn't come away with the bickies. Um, what went wrong? Well, you know, I don't want to hear the word Tasmania again tonight, if you don't mind, because I think what what went wrong was Tasmania, and I'm sick of hearing about that state. Um, every time we go there, we we lose. Um, it's I don't know. It's uh, I'm tired. I, no. I, I don't want to. You know, even when we play Test cricket there, Australia loses at that ground. It's it's got me beat. Well, I I. Don't need to uh, remind you that uh, a guest that will be joining us uh, in about half an hour's time. Um, oh no! He, he comes from the great state. Um, no, if you can call it a state of Tasmania, um, oh. the the, the oh. Apple Isle, as it's known. Uh, yeah, Russell Robertson, uh, Robo, uh, more affectionately oh. known as, uh, will be joining us uh, tonight. So. If you're going to be like that about uh, the great state of Tasmania, then uh, we may as well uh, end the show right now. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> what went wrong? Well, those winds that blow from the Arctic, Antarctic. Ant- yeah, we, we are in the southern <laughs> yes, hemisphere, right? we are. Okay. The winds that blow from Antarctic, they, they're no good for us. Last year, look what happened. Uh, but, but- we, we didn't kick a goal until... We're eight goals behind or something. And this year, we did we win the toss or lose the toss? 
we uh, we must have no, lost it because they would have gone. I, I, I seem to recall uh, the commentator saying that you've got to go with the wind. Um, you yeah. can't rely on it. Um, you know, anything can happen. So while the wind's there, you have to take it um, because if you lose it uh, in the last quarter, it's no good to you. But what happened well, in the second quarter? We, we had a brilliant second quarter. Why couldn't we replicate that in the last well, we, we actually, if, if you digest the game and look at it and dissect it, I mean, but if you look at it, really, we until three-quarter time, we were doing quite well. Yes. I mean, to, to be one goal behind and having the last use of the wind, you would, you know, back yourself in to win any time of the day. Uh, so for three quarters, I would say that we played pretty well. Um, would have been handy to have scored yeah. at least one goal in the third. Yeah, I think, well, that cost us because I think we really, had we kicked, got, like, you know, they kicked two goals against the wind in 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 the second quarter and the last. So, you know, we kicked two quarters in the, two goals in the first quarter. We really needed to kick at least a goal in the third and you know, we would have won the game had that happened. Yeah, um, we needed to kick more than two goals in the last quarter with a yeah, five or well, six goal breeze behind yes. us too. So, yeah, Tasmania, you know. Well, I don't think it can be blamed solely on Tasmania because uh, North Melbourne, who was second bottom on the ladder, they were able to get the job done there. And I know they've got a bit more experience playing there than we do. But, you know, we're supposed to be uh, pushing for a top four spot, which uh, is probably almost out of our reach now. Um, hmm. uh, what well, look, what if, does that if, say if, about if, us? Well, firstly, if you can't beat the second bottom side in two attempts, then you you are not going to finish in the top four. I, I suppose by some miracle, if we manage to win the last four games, we might fall into fourth place. But I think, you know, we've shot ourselves in the foot. Um, we hit the front halfway through the last quarter, raging gale behind us and couldn't couldn't maintain a lead in those circumstances. And I suppose it boils down to some pretty ordinary disposal and possibly uh, poor tactics because we do tend to overdo the handball. And I think when you're kicking with strong wind, um, you don't handball to blokes to the behind a bloke who's running forward. It's not a good look and it generally means that you're going to end up losing the ball and the opposition are going to to get possession and make it harder for you to score. And uh, not that I'm suggesting that you always have to bomb away at goal, but sometimes uh, it's handy to do that when you've got a, a wind that allows you to kick 50 or 60 metres towards the goals. Perhaps the fact that we lost Jesse Hogan and didn't have someone to take a mark up there in those dying moments was pretty much a disaster for us. But, um, you know, it was just, I was not happy at the end of the game. Well, I don't think um, any uh, D's fan could have been happy with that, particularly because this was a game we probably should have won and would have uh, held us in good stead uh, going into the last four games. Um, now, Jesse Hogan went off with an injury, um, and but we do have another quality forward up there uh, who is really... Uh, underperforming since he's come back from injury, and that's uh, Jack Watts. Um, he didn't kick any goals. Um, I don't think he had any marks that were inside uh, 50. Um, 
you know, we really needed someone to stand up and Jack Watts isn't doing it at the moment. Uh, I think he's, what's his second game back uh, from injury? And Well, yeah. Look, I, I, I think he's got to be given a bit of time. He was out for, what, about a month with that injury. Um, it was obviously worse than at first thought because when he came off the ground around three-quarter time against the Bulldogs at Etihad Stadium, they said he was only coming off for uh, precautionary reasons and we all thought he'd be back the following week and it took about four weeks to get back. So you've got to cut him some slack, but I'm expecting a four or five goal effort this week in the absence of Jesse Hogan and um, I think it's, it's time for Jack to stand up. Well, we've had experience uh, uh, living life without uh, Jesse, and I think we did a pretty good job uh, in the time Jesse was out. Um, we were still regularly uh, scoring over a hundred points, so I, I'm not too. I don't find it uh, that daunting without uh, Jesse in the team. I think we can find ways to score with just yeah, guys like Watsy really need to lift because. You said that, you know, he's come back from a month on the sidelines and, you know, for someone like a big guy like Max Gorn, I can give him a couple of weeks to get back into the swing of things. But, but Jack Watts is, uh, he should, he should really, um, you know, he shouldn't have to take time to get back into it. He's a quality player and, um, you know, quality skilled player. So, um, yep, it's not a Jack Watts bashing. Um, I, I love the guy, um, but yeah, he's really got a lift. Um, yes, well, look, I, I think uh, one of the things is we don't simply rely on any one player to kick goals and nobody should in this day and age in AFL football. I think clearly we're going to get a replacement for Jesse Hogan. If you cast your mind back to round 20 last year when Melbourne played Hawthorne uh, and broke a very long string of defeats against the Hawks, Jesse Hogan wasn't there. A young player by the name of Sam Wiedemann did make his debut that day and uh, the rest is history. He kicked a couple of goals and Melbourne beat Hawthorne uh, in a big upset and likewise we're taking on the GWS Giants who aren't in great form themselves. Um, I think it's time for someone like Sam to get a promotion along with the probably probable likely return of Nathan Jones, who someone on Demon Land called him our spiritual leader, <laughs> um, along with Bernie Vince. Um, and as long as Bernie behaves himself, I think those three inclusions are going to make a little bit of a difference to the way we play. Yeah, um, and I think you're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. We will talk about the uh, changes to the team and uh, Sam Wiedemann and Nathan Jones are definitely uh, in the mix. Um, well, certainly Nathan Jones. So, uh, But we are talking about the um, the North Melbourne game and um, a couple of uh, uh, poor performers that I, I thought uh, on the weekend uh, – uh, one who's the guy's been having a, a great year so far in his first year. Uh, Mitch Hannon really had a shocker. Um, I think he had three disposals for the day. Um, Didn't get a kick? No, no kicks. Uh, three handballs. So that's a pretty poor effort for someone who's had a great uh, year. And look, I know... Well, yeah. well, mind you, you know, the fact that he didn't get a kick probably explains the 
explains why I didn't kick a goal. <laughs> yes, because if you don't get a kick, you're not going to kick any goals. <laughs> yes, he had three true. handballs and five tackles for a total of 23 Dream Team points, and he'd be disappointed with that. And, uh, you yeah, know, might, might even find himself out of the side. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's young and uh, he has shown some good form and kicked some nice goals this year. Um, who else did you think did not perform um, well? I thought uh, Neil Bullen uh, made a number of mistakes. One of them in the third quarter, I think he either took a mark or got a free uh, on the 50-metre line and some explicable reason gave a handball to a guy who had his back to him and uh, you know just fluffed the whole thing up and uh, they ended up getting the ball out and I, I don't know if they went down and kicked a goal, but um, it, it was just really bad and there was a f- couple of other things that he did, wasn't impressed with. Um, yeah, I really thought he had, had a shocker. So he also could be one that uh, might uh, might go out. Um, although I have been, uh, he's had a few good weeks on the trot. So um, I don't know if that means anything to the to the coaching staff. But yeah, he had a shocker this week. Oh and, well, you know, if he if he handballed to, to somebody who had his back turned to him, he could have been playing to instructions because <laughs> yeah. I, I've noticed that happens a few times during a game. Not not just with Alex Neil Bullen, but with some of the other players. So, you know, the, I think they need to get their skills right. And just, you know, I'm not, not that I'm a name dropper or anything like that, but I did happen to see uh, young Alex Neil Bullen, because his first name is not Neil, it's Alex. <laughs> and somebody should tell some of the commentators on television that. Um, but I did see young Alex at a junior football club training tonight with his mate, um, Billy Stretch, and they were both looking in fine fettle and uh, smiling and helping a young coach of an under-10s team try to train those little tackers, um, and it was a pleasure to watch. Well, Billy Stretch could be uh, replacing him this week, you never know. Um, well, yeah. Well, he... we, we can't talk about that yet. No, though, no, no, you, we don't. You told me team selection. <laughs> I, I didn't... I didn't quite get the running sheet, but I, I'm sort of getting the idea that we can't talk about well this if, week's team yet. If you would have checked your uh, PM on uh, Demonland, uh, you would have uh, seen the running sheet. Um, but yes, oh. um, <laughs> we, we, right. can, we can talk well, about anything you want, but I like to try and keep a, a little bit of uh, order to the, to the uh, festivities. Um, where, and where do I find PMs? Oh, Demonland well, sent you a message... 37 minutes ago. Okay. But that wasn't the running sheet was sent earlier today, about three hours ago. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh, just to anyone listening live, we do have a chat room. Uh, If you go to uh, demonland.com slash podcast and you're logged into Demonland, you can use the chat room. And uh, when we've got Robo on later, you can ask a question. If we can get to it, we will. Otherwise, you can... um, you can join us along and, you know, add comments to it and occasionally we'll read uh, something that you write out. Uh, if anyone wants to call the show and give their opinion on the game and, uh, you know, and who performed well, who didn't, uh, 03-9016-3666. That's 03-9016-3666. Or you can Skype us on Demonland31. That's Demonland31, all one word. Um yeah, we do like to hear from uh, our listeners as well as uh, Demon Land Forum members. Um, 
So, yeah, give us a call and uh, you can join the conversation. Um, whispering, is the Jack Trengove uh, experience experiment, is that, is that over now? Um, I've got a feeling he may get dropped this week. He had 13 look, possessions, no tackles, um, one mark. Okay, look, I've just found the running sheet and there's nothing here about Jack Trengove. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can we talk about glaring weaknesses in defence? We, we'll get to that in a minute. I, 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 All right, I, We okay. need to talk about uh, Jack Trengove. Um, you know, I loved the fact last week when he came on the ground, he got a, a rousing, you know, sta- <laughs> quite a standing ovation, but he, he got the cheers and, and that was great. It was fantastic. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure... The question's got to be asked, is there a spot in the team, this team, who's on the verge of, um, you know, sort of, you know, the F word, I'm not going to say it, um, is there a place for Jack Trengove in the team? Well, I think we can talk about that when we get to uh, changes uh, <laughs> on the running sheet. But, yeah, now look, sadly, sadly for Jack, oh, I don't know whether he's going to get too many more chances to play for the Melbourne Football Club, which would really be a tragedy as far as I'm concerned because I actually started following Jack Trengove when he was playing for Sturt as an 18-year-old and he was absolutely sensational. And at the time, uh, I had a client of mine who lived in South Australia and she actually sent me two VHS videos because in those days we had video machines in about... What, 2009? Around uh, about that time, you know, VHSs, and we could stick in the you know, that black thing into the box and you'd watch the game. And I used to love watching the 18-year-old Jack Trengove, who, contrary to what he's like now, did have a little bit of pace, was dynamic, a beautiful kick, uh, great mark, good goal sense. Um, had it for a couple of years and I think maybe the beginning of the end for him was when he had that clash with Dangerfield and was absolutely screwed by the match review panel or the tribunal or whatever Um, because if you recall Dangerfield allegedly concussed, got up and played about six days later and was best on the ground. Kicked five goals or something. Yeah, it's just... uh, so I don't know what medical evidence that match review panel farce of a sham um, adopts, but it's been going on for years, and I think it might have gotten Jack as a young man. And, um, look, I applauded the fact that he was picked as the co-captain with Jack Grimes, but on reflection, probably wasn't at the right time. There were problems at the club with some of the players and uh we didn't have a cohesive unit and it just didn't work out. Now, I think it's it's one of the tragedies of the club and there were many tragedies between 2006 and 2016 and uh, some of them are well depicted in that great book, The Great Depression by Super Mercado, who sometimes posts on Demon Land. Yes. Yes, so... Well, so... You, In answer to your question, yeah, I think he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. All yeah. right. Um, which is a shame. I, 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 you know, when he was at his 
you know, best, um, you know, he really could have been a great and, you know, sort of injury and other factors, uh, yeah, were, um, you know, have uh, ended his career possibly early. Um, right, well, yeah, could we, that, that brings us to a nice segue to mm-hmm. Jake Lever because a few years ago we, we being the Melbourne Football Club, uh, tried to trade Jack Trengove to Richmond, famously to get a draft pick in the first round, which I suspect that they might have wanted to use to get Jake Lever because the word is that Melbourne was very impressed with him at the time and a little birdie, um, by way of a Demon Land forum, tells me that the Melbourne Football Club interviewed Jake Lever this week about him possibly changing clubs at the end of the year. Well, I don't think it was uh, Demon Land that uh, gave the uh, gave the uh, it was the little birdie. It was uh, and it was talked about on SEN this morning, and that's where the uh, Demon Land reports uh, came from. Um, yeah, Melbourne. Uh, I don't know where the you know whether. The, what exactly went down, who spoke to him, but uh, it's been reported that uh, the Dees did speak to uh, Jake Lever and, um, you know, we're probably one of the uh, front runners to uh, get his services and, um, yeah, <laughs> that, wouldn't that well, be uh, great? <laughs> well, look, if, if as I suspect, um, we were one of his favoured clubs in his draft year and the young lad wants to come home and who would, who, you know, I mean... Talk about Tasmania. Look, Adelaide, it really is the pits. (laughs) Who would want to live there? Uh, Of course Jake Lever wants to come back home and, of course, he wants to play on the MCG and come to the Melbourne Football Club. Uh, The question is if we can convince him to want to come here and... Organise a nice trade well, with that, Adelaide. That's that's what uh, my next question was going to be. What would we need to give up uh, in order to get him? And I'm sure if you ask Demon Land, they'll just try and <laughs> get him bargain basement. But obviously, well, we're not yes. going to be able to get him bargain basement. What what we're going to have to give up something uh, in return. So, what is that something? Well, Who I think a third is that round something? draft pick is out <laughs> of the question. Um, Probably, well, I think we would have to start with our first draft pick, which will probably be around pick 19 or something of 18 or 19, around that. Um, you haven't detected the optimism behind that. but mm, um, I was, yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> It's very optimistic okay. of you. <laughs> we did manage to hold on to a first-round draft pick and to get Jake Lever, I, I think we'd certainly have to give him away plus a player. Well, of course, yeah. Perhaps, uh, do we have any South Australian players who we... Bernie Vince? <laughs> uh, Neil yeah, Bullen? All right, Neil yeah, Bullen Bernie a... is, you know, no, best and fairest not... winner at the club. <laughs> they're not going to uh, yeah, no. take him back. Uh, Neil Bullen, well, isn't he a South Australian? Yeah, he's a nice boy. And, and, and Billy Stretch, you would never give away. Who else have we got from South Australia? Isn't Trango from South Australia? Oh well, <laughs> well. Okay. Sorry, Jack. Yeah, that was not yes. you, Jack. The other, the other Jack. And and yeah, I think I think Adelaide would be 
doing a good turn to give Jack Trengove a second chance. He's only 25 years of age. Um, okay, so he's a little bit slow. Shh, don't, yeah. give, don't give up. Don't give uh... But, you know, with, with the correct training and, and work, Trengove and pick one in the draft sounds good to me. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think they're going to take Jack Drango. All right. Well, uh, have you got any steak knives or anything else that we can throw in? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if anyone uh, has any ideas of what we can uh, give up um, to get Jake Lever to the club, zero three nine zero one six three triple six. Uh, 901636 uh, Give us a call uh, What do we have to uh, do to get uh, Jakey Lever uh, To the football club And I saw a picture on Facebook today uh, A couple of the uh, draft and trade Rumour pages uh, they love to put Together um, You know the photos of a player In the in the uh, jumper of the club court, Courting them and usually They're quite horrible um photoshops but uh, the one today looks pretty good and he he looks great in a um in a melbourne guernsey so um yeah let's yeah but w- would he would he get a game <laughs> uh you know we've got oscar mcdonald we've got uh we've got uh, sam well, frost we've got we could throw tom mcdonald back into the defense and and joel smith is an up and comer He's well, this brings us. This is a nice uh, segue because uh, there was a. Th- and how are we going with time? Um, well, we've only got a couple of minutes, so maybe we'll just get started on, and we can go back to it after um, um, after Robbo's on. Uh, yeah. So there was a thread on Demonland this week called uh, "The Glaring Weakness in Defence," um, and this is by Junior Mac. He said. Um, I've said it all year. Our defence leaks goals. Uh, yet we got taken. Yet again, we got taken to the cleaners. The elephant in the room. Our key tallbacks. Uh, Hibbert has had a great year. Jeddah is outstanding. Hunter's done well, but Omac and Frost, while doing some good things, have been towed up by bigger-bodied tall forwards like Brown, Roughhead, Walker, Danaher, Rewalt, Casbolt, uh, Hawkins, etc. Um, we desperately need a lever. Uh, that would be Jake Lever. Uh, the facts are, uh, one, the teams score 53% of the time they enter our forward 50, uh, and we're the last in the AFL for that. And two, we lose 35% of defensive one-on-ones, again, last in the AFL. And Junior Max says, uh, you cannot win finals with a defence like that. In fact, you will struggle to make the finals. Um, he goes on to say, OMAC is a liability... Um, Frost has some great attributes, so it makes a lot of errors spoiling, leaving his man fumbling and taking on more than he can chew. And I noticed uh, that we we sometimes just left out, and maybe it's the zone defence we play, but a few times we left their big guys on a smaller player. Like Jeddah was on tall guys, more, you know, more than a handful of times, and you know it's not Jeddah's fault that he's been left on a thing because. Uh, uh, Frost has had a run up the ground or something. Um, yeah, I, um, there are some glaring holes in our, our defence and we're being absolutely uh, manhandled by big-bodied forwards. Um, All right. Well, what I suggest is that maybe we try to get Simon Goodwin on to answer the hard questions because he's the man who can answer them. Uh, but talking about statistics, there is one other statistic that uh, actually... 
backs up that argument. If you look at the latter, um, points for, points against, yeah. of the top nine teams in the AFL ladder at the moment, yep. the team that's had the most points against, kick, kicked against, is Melbourne with 1575. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so you can draw your own conclusions with that. Tenth place, Essendon has had more against it. Uh, but there's another stat, I guess, that in a season where the club has lost five games by less than two goals, um, you would think that an, an extra two goals or two goals less kicked against us in those five games would see us with 15 wins and three defeats and well on top of the ladder. So there might be something to that argument. It's certainly an area we have to fix up between now and um, next year. And, but I'm not 100% sure whether Jake Lever is going to be the bloke who's going to do it. I'm, he's not yeah. that big body. Yeah, yeah. Mm, it's interesting. Uh, we might uh, we might just leave that there for a moment. We might come back to it afterwards. Uh, it, it is something that we definitely got to keep an eye on because um, yeah, that's um, it's costly for us at the moment. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, you'll hear some um, you'll hear some commentary of some highlights uh, of Robbo. Uh, use radio is the theatre of the mind. So just uh, picture back to those. Uh, days in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, while you're imagining Robbo in all those highlights. Uh, We're going to get Robbo on the phone, hopefully, Um, and when you come back, uh, when we get back, you'll uh, you'll be hearing the great Russell Robinson. Dorm need to get Scarlett back, surely, to the last line, where he plays his best footy. Here's the danger man, Robinson. He's got it over, Rook completely. Russell Robinson from the top shelf. He can put the demons in front and kick a career best seven goals if he nails this one. Well, it's his ninth mark inside 50. And as you mentioned, Hutto, there's no doubt that Matthew Scarlett needs to go back and play on it. He has dominated in the air for the demons up forward. All right, um, what our guest tonight is a true legend of the Melbourne Football Club, playing 228 games. He is one of the D's great goal kickers, being one of just four players in the club's history to have led the goal kicking in four or more seasons, kicking a total of 428 goals. He took out the Keith Bluey Truscott Trophy in 2003. He represented Australia in the 2005 International Rules Series. And he was also pretty well known for his ability to take a regular specky, much to the delight of all Demons fans. I, of course, am talking about none other than Russell Robbo Robertson. Good evening, Robbo, and welcome to the Demonland podcast. <laughs> uh, what a way to put a smile on my face by playing that clip. Thank you very much. You've uh, made my night. Do you, rem- <laughs> do you remember that game uh, down at uh, Cardinia Park? You know, I'm I, I, I reminded of it a lot because on Fox Footy they'll play uh, uh, great games, you know, close games of the past. And, um, uh, I'm, not, and I'm not sure what they call it, but um, 
footy classics or something like that, and I'll get a message on Twitter or Facebook, Robbo, tune in, you're on TV. And so if I'm at home, I'll, I'll watch it. And, and it's wonderful, really, to, as a eight-year, nine-year retired player now, to look back on those things. as When you're playing or even for just after you finish, you, you sort of, you deny it a bit. You sort of put it aside and go, well, that was one thing now for the next thing and get over it and don't watch yourself. But I suppose as you get a little bit older, you, you realise that it was a very special part of your life and, and you should really just so, soak it in when you can. And I'm, I'm getting to that now. So you, 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 you grew up in, the, in a seaside town in Tassie. Can you talk a little bit about your path to playing AFL footy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, similar path to most young boys, but... Um, I think being in Tasmania a long way away from the AFL, it probably was a longer shot than most guys here in Victoria. I mean, I see a lot of young kids now that I follow my son around. He's a six-year-old fella. And they, they're, they're totally believed that it's just, I mean, it's just down the road here MCG. And if I train really hard, I can get there. But for us down there in 1990, you know, early 90s, late 80s, probably seemed a long way up. I mean, we only got one game a week on the, on the telly down there, and it was usually a Carlton Hawthorne game, you know. We didn't see Melbourne. Uh, um, much, it's always been the way that we never get much, you know, TV sort of coverage. It's still, it's still true today. But, um, you know, I didn't even know Melbourne existed, really, or knew the Gary Lyon. Of course, I knew who Gary Lyon was, I suppose, but not just before I got drafted. But, um, I, I was very lucky, fellas, that I had a, a wonderful, wonderful facilitator, someone to teach me um, some of the most wonderful things about the game of football and my father. But uh, further from that, my dad um, took the time out of his day, his secondary school teacher, probably tired, to really work hard on, on some things with me that I would, he identified as being really special parts of my game. And being smart enough to realise that I'm going to make this kid of mine so exceptionally good at one thing, the one thing that he's good at, that he's going to stand out from the rest. And that maybe might get him somewhere. So, of course, that thing was marking. And uh, he also knew that I knew where the goals were a bit, which is just one of those things that forwards naturally have. And I was a natural forward. But he, um, he did three or four things. And I could go on forever about these things that he did. A couple of them were... Um, he got a 4 2 and hung it off the uh, the shed at home. Well, he, he got it up on the shed's roof. And to that, he, he, he attached a rubber inner tube uh, from my 10-speed. And to the other end of the, the rubber inner tube, he put one of mum's stockings, tied that up, with a football inside the leg of one of mum's stockings. Now, you talk about Don Bradman... And I'm not putting myself in his, his sporting bracket at all, guys. So, but, but he became great by... If you go and watch it on YouTube, young fellas or anyone, you can see Don Bradman hitting a cricket stump, a, a golf ball with a cricket stump up against a corrugated iron yeah. water. And this was his this was his training by himself. And he did it over and over and over and over again in all his youth to become the best in the world at hand-eye ball connection to the stump, hitting it straight. He was the best at it. Because he practiced it, he worked it until he became the best at it. Now, with this marking apparatus, this ball was always up in the air, and I could run up and catch that ball whenever I walked past it, or I'd sit there and I'd do it a thousand times. We'd get mates around, we'd take hangers on each other, and the ball would just flop straight back up into the air. So it was always there. It was amazing. I, I loved it. Um, 
then we would do one-handed marking contests to see who'd do the washing up at night <laughs> after school. He had a ruck bag, he'd throw it up and make me take hangers on him. He identified that I was good at one thing, and I became, by the time I was 16, ready to get drafted, 17, ready to get drafted. I knew I was the best hanger taker in the country at the time. Whether I was or not, it was a different thing. But, <laughs> but, but I got identified, fellas, on the Almost Footy Legends segment of the footy show for taking two marks. Nice. Melbourne sent down a recruiter because there's this young kid down there that takes hangers. And why did they see that? Because my dad worked with me, and I worked very, very, very hard on that one aspect of my game. It wasn't one of those things that I just relaxed on the moral. I worked hard at it. And it got me to the greatest place in the world, the MCG and the Melbourne Football Club. All right. Well, Robbo, um, welcome welcome to our podcast. This is Whispering Jack. Um, yep. I've always been a great admirer of yourself. Um, I'm not a great yes, admirer sorry. of Tasmania after last Saturday's game. Uh, and at the beginning of this program, I actually swore that, I didn't want to hear the word again, but given <laughs> that your roots are in Tassie, I just wanted to talk to you about one problem that Tasmania seems to have at the moment. Uh, during the week, there was a list of 86 players invited to the AFL draft combine ahead of the draft in November, and only one of the 86 boys selected, and his name is Hugh Dixon from Kingsborough Tigers, comes from yep. Tasmania. Can you sort of explain, back in the day, uh, you used to have guys like Tassie Johnson, Ray Groom, who became Premier of the state, Athel Webb, and then later on yourself, Brad Green, coming from Tasmania. What's happened to Tasmanian football? Jeremy Howe, Stephen and Matthew Feeble. Lots of Tasmanians well, come to the Bell Football Club, but right across the AFL uh, themselves over the over the, the century and beyond. Um you know, Roy Sardin, Stuart, um, you've got Peter Hudson, Doc Baldock, superstars that came out of Tasmania. And per capita, I think we've produced the best. Peter Brian, not bias, Richo, you know, the list goes on. Um, mm. Look, it's a concern. Genuinely is a concern, guys. Um, I wasn't aware that last year we had no draftees. We only got one potential. It's not good enough this year. It's not good enough. And, and some provisions and some steps have been taken to turn this around. We have now a uh, foundation um, pumping some money into football to the state. That one of the big problems we have is that we're not paying our coaches down there. Now, that's not an issue over here. We've got money, you know, just because uh, by virtue of having population and people paying to come through the gates, we're paying our coaches. You can attract better coaches, um, you know, dedication and time to put towards coaching. Of course, if you're getting paid to do it, you'll do it better. And, you, you know, it's, it's probably a little bit of a concern. So we, uh, at the top level, you know, when we had a function not long ago, we're all the past greats, Lynchy, Richo, uh, Hutto, we all came together at the Palladium and we raised some money and put towards uh, football. And whether, whether that's uh, going to one day eventuate and become a, a Tassie team in the AFL, we really need to turn around this um, development of youth uh, and make that better because uh, it's dropped off over the last couple of years and I think we can turn it around. Um, there are a couple of little things that we can do. Um, what can I say? You know, um, just a little bit of cash, a little bit of population goes a long way. Yeah, so Robbo, you would uh, drafted uh, in the 96 national draft at uh, pick 68 by the D's, who would finish 14th that year. Um, uh, what do you remember about uh, that time? And did you think, I oh, know, I've been drafted by the Demons? Um. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> it was a great story, guys. I really 
didn't know I was drafted. The draft was done and dusted probably long before midday, and I didn't find out until 7 o'clock that night I'd been drafted. How's that? Wow. You know, in this, in this day and age of instant information, you know, we didn't have any of that back then. I, I tried to get on the radio, but we couldn't get it on down there. Uh, you know, we're, we are talking about Tasmania here. <laughs> uh, I went to school, and a mate of mine told me that four blokes had been drafted from Tasmania, and that was unheard of. You know, what were you get two or three and four? Wow, that's amazing, he said, and you're not one of them, so don't worry about it. I'm like, ah, oh, bugger. So uh, I, I, I was contemplating life, you know. I was at a man's birthday party way down Whoop Whoop there in Hobart somewhere, and uh, I'm from the northwest coast. I was billeted down to live with a family to play for the state team. Over, and we were playing, you know, over here, the Tassie Mariners playing quarter cannons and Preston Knights and those those teams, and it was a wonderful a year. Uh, I thought it might be a chance because Melbourne did send someone down to talk to me, but anyway, the tale of the tape goes, a mate of mine rang me at around about 7 o'clock at night at this party, and I'd already had a couple of beers, to be honest with you fellas, and uh, and he said, Robbo, what are you doing? I said, oh, you know, just uh, drowning the sorrows a little bit, mate. He said, you don't know you're being drafted, do you? And I said, that's a horrible joke, mate. I know four blokes have been drafted, and I'm not one of them. And he goes, no. Eight blokes have been drafted, and you were the seventh. You've wow. been drafted to the Melbourne Demons. And I said, hang on a second. So I hung up, and I rang Mum, and Mum had just been rung as well. But she hadn't even been rung by Melbourne. She'd been <laughs> rung by the media and been told. So that's how we knew. It was just a different time. But you, you can't explain it, fellas. You just cannot explain the emotion, the glee, the, you know. It was phenomenal to know that I was going over to play on the MCG, you know, in this – League of Titans. Oh, mate, it was well, it was just the most wonderful time of my life. Well, it must have been a, a great time because the following year when you made your debut, 1997, the team actually finished last and the coach was sacked yeah. halfway through the year. At yeah. the end of all that, were you still happy to be at the club? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, just to be there. I'm coming from a long way back, so I... Um, got my opportunity when Hutchie was put on the list and I played some really good football in the reserves and I really was um, surprised at my own form at the time. I kind of grew a couple of inches. Um, I put on about 10 kilos of muscle. Um, They threw me at centre-half forward in the reserves. I was playing in the wing before that and I played probably six best on-ground games in a row. So I'd hit a a bit of form, you know, that probably surprised a lot of people, including my parents and myself. And I was told by Craig, uh, Greg Hutchison, not Craig Hutchison, Greg Hutchison, who came in and be the interim coach when Neil Barm got the sack, said, Robbo, we're going to reward your form. We're going to play you against the West Coast Eagles, your first senior game. Oh, I'm back off the rookie list because um, I'd been dropped back to the rookie list um, during the year. Um, and again, you can't explain that emotion of pulling on the red and the blue jumper um, and falling in love with it a thousand times over. Every time I pulled that jumper on, you just fall in love with it again. Um, and, and running out and playing on John Moore's files, my first game of, of AFL footy. Wow, what a baptism of fire. <laughs> so, Robbo, uh, 1998 was a much better year. We had a new coach, Neil Danaher. We had some prized recruits in Jeff White and Travis Johnson. And we finished fourth, uh, losing out to uh, North Melbourne in the prelim. Uh, you must have started to really enjoy your footy a lot more and started to see that we could finally be on our way to some, you know, some big successes. Um, yeah. uh, look, Neil Danaher was amazing. He was phenomenal. 
Uh, you talk about good facilitators. Again, he was one of those guys who could see the best in you and really develop that. And he did that with all of us, his entire list. He put a good list together of young kids and we were able to develop in 98 and go from dead last to probably fourth in the end and play in a pretty amazing uh, final series. And then a couple of years later into a grand final. So drafting and, and bringing a good group together is really, really important. But developing those players is something that's important too. And I think that's where we're getting to at the moment with the Melbourne Football Club. But Paul Roode, Peter Jackson, um, Saga, well not Saga, the experiment has been so successful so far in that they've brought a lot of good practices and good people into this football club that have set up uh, this culture now of accepting only the best um, and not um, taking it lightly in any area, uh, creating this culture the players are buying into. It's going to take a little bit longer. You know, they're only young. But we're getting to it, and that's what happened with us in around about 2000 and through to around about 2004-05. We really have six. If six, we we are just a great bunch of people under Neil Danaher that uh, really were pulling in the same direction. Well, Robbo, after that, um, things went sour, obviously, around about 2006, and we've had a pretty tough time ever since uh, and, and as you point out uh, correctly I think uh, things are about to turn around and really have turned around this year uh, but I want to touch on one player who hasn't had a great year and who I saw earlier this year at the season launch for the South Metro Junior Football League uh, where you attended I believe um, with yep. Angus Brayshaw who's a former Hampton Rovers player. How's Angus going? Angus is um, obviously had his problems with uh, his, his head injuries. I don't know what it is. Whether this, um, it's just bad, sheer bad luck. Being knocked out all the time and getting injured has really set him back. So um, he's coming back uh, through the, uh, the reserves at the moment and he probably will be knocking on the door in a couple of weeks. He's got to get some match fitness back. But yeah, a little bit of uh, a downturn before at the start of the year. And it's easy to do. I can really vouch for that. It's not easy to play at the top level consistently. Um, I was able to, to, to do it for 13 years, but, geez, it wasn't linear. It was up and down. I was in and out of the side. And you've got to take the bad times with the good. And this will be the making of Angus. You know, this year it's been hard for him. Uh, I think... Next year, after a really big pre-season with some steely resolve, I think he's going to improve and become better and be a 10-year player for the Melbourne Football Club moving forward. So, Robbo, um, we had some great players on our list while you were playing, you know, uh, Tingay, Lyon, Schwartz, Lovett, Neat, Steins, Viney, Uze, Travis Johnson, the Phoebes, Wowoden, the McDonalds, Leon Shelley, Farmer, White, Bruce, Green, Davey, yourself... Did we underachieve during that time? I, I thought, you know, a couple of those years we really probably should have, you know, won a premiership. Um, it didn't happen. Um, did we underachieve? We did. Oh, look, not winning a premiership, we did underachieve. Um, but, but I think we had a, a really um, poor setup at the Melbourne Football Club at the time. At the junction over, we were, we were behind the eight ball, behind the curve in terms of other... You know, football clubs and sports science and setting up a club right and um, it was tough um, we, we really did get the best out of our players I think with what we had uh, available to us and um, like I said before we're getting to that now our processes and our systems and our setup and our club 
Amy Park, back at the MCG with the MCC, Neil Danaher had a basket case of a training facility at that time. And, and you know, I talk about it like this way. When footballers get to a certain level, they get better with great coaching. You know, you need good facilities. You need someone to tell you what to do. Um, you'd look at it, another team like the West Coast Eagles, they probably had about 20 more coaches than we had. If you've got that many good minds coming together and working with your players and putting extra hours into these players, they're going to get better and improve, and that's what AFL players do. We, would, we weren't able to afford um, that, that coaching and that great facilitation. So, um, unfortunately, we weren't able to go to that next level. But, geez, we came close. Had we had that, had we had a really good training facility, I have no doubt in my mind we could have taken it to that next level because it was all up between the years in the end, really. It was between the years, and if we just had a little bit of steelier, stronger resolve through that you know, awesome facilitation with more people involved working with our people and that confidence that comes with that, I have no doubt in my mind, others might argue with me, but I have no doubt in my mind that we would have won a premiership. Well, we had Jeff White on the show a few weeks ago and um, we asked him about the 2000 grand final, uh, whether he thought we were a genuine chance to beat, uh, you know, the unbeaten Essendon team that year. Um, What are your thoughts and memories in that lead up? Did you think we were a genuine chance to uh, to beat them considering the year that they had had? No, look, I think we were just a bunch of young kids that were really hopeful that we'd have an amazing start to the season. Um, uh, and uh, Sorry, amazing start to the... If we could have an amazing start to the season, amazing start to the game, yeah. that we could do anything. Anything was possible. We didn't discount ourselves at all. Um, Essendon, look, you know, they'd lost a uh, grand uh, a preliminary final to Carlton the year before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that hurt them. And they had a real, really They came out, they bashed us, tail of the tapies. We know exactly what it was. Yeah. You know, they, they, they hammered us and unfortunately we didn't get the win. But um, look, looking back on it, I reckon maybe uh, 2002, four, that was the time we probably should have won the premiership, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, well. Robbo, all all good things come to an end, and your playing career came to an end in two thousand and nine. Um, at the time, did you ever have thoughts about going into coaching yourself? Oh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, it's your trade, isn't it? I mean, you play football for so long. I did consider, um, you know, doing a uh, standalone coaching role somewhere and moving into the AFL, but unfortunately. Uh, well, not unfortunately, no. I, I just it didn't really appeal to me in the end. I think you have to be really, really, really into it. Um, and what I like doing is I like the lighter side of, of football, the, the marketing side, the selling of the, the Melbourne Football Club has really sat well with me. And I moved into that pretty seamlessly, you know. And I, I've done a lot of other things along the way. I play in bands, I've, um, I've been corporate music. Um, I've even done a theatre show. No doubt you've seen all this with me over the years, the TV stuff. Um, what else do I do? A lot of MC work. I mean, I've just finished an MC, uh, an MC job tonight um, with IG, one of our great sponsors, the Mel Football Club, uh, with Simon Goodwin and, and some um, guys working in the trade industry, finance industry. That, that that was good. It was good fun. I really enjoy doing that. Because I'm still up on stage and still performing, and I do like doing that. You know, I'm a bit of a show-off. You don't have to watch my game. I was the biggest show-off there was. <laughs> but that was me, and you've got to stay true to yourself, and I'm, I'm pretty lucky that I've got this great job at the Melbourne Football Club, still club development. 
Um, I work across all, all facets of the football club and just trying to help them get better and get some more money, some finances so that the players might get the opportunity that we weren't able to get. So, Rob, I, we re- I really love your match day role that you've got uh, now. You really bring a, an excitement and energy to the to the game day. Um, how much input do you have uh, with the segments that you do on game day? Um, and how can I get a gig on uh, Hogan's Heroes? <laughs> yeah, look, uh, me and my son and I text. We love Jesse Hogan. He's, he's our favourite player. We only wish the best for Jesse. Unfortunately, he's gone down with this uh, bad injury at the moment. Man, I was glad when we named our segment after him. Um, Hames Paints. Uh, Hogan's Heroes brought to you by Hames Paints. Look at me getting all the uh, club yep. sponsors in there. Love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, game day role is fantastic. I feel very akin to all our, our supporters. Uh, I love our supporters. Um, I, it's very easy for me to talk and be amongst them. It doesn't feel foreign to me. Some guys probably feel a little bit more at home in a behind glass and and not talking football this is where i'm at my best and you know you've got to play your role i think if i can do that that really um sells the melbourne football club then that's what i'm going to do you know so uh, getting out on the ground it feels just like home if you know what i mean i've been away from home for a long time guys i really tasmania is my home and you know i've bounced around places over here since i first got you know settled of course now but but the Melbourne Football Club and the MCG is my home and it will always be my home. It always have a special place for me and I will always have a special place for it uh, in my heart. So um, just a very fortunate guy. I'm just a lucky guy. My son, Tex, is a massive Melbourne fan now and he's in the car with me now. Say good day, Tex. He's very quiet. Um, <laughs> hey, Tex. A bit late for getting home to bed. Um, hopefully we can see Tex Robertson running around in the fall line of the Melbourne Football Club one day. Yeah, Wouldn't that we, be we'd, we'd love that. Well, well, you shouldn't joke about these things because I, I don't know how often you have a look at Demon Land, but I think people started a thread on Billy Stretch when he was about 11 years old. So <laughs> oh, really? I, would have, I would imagine that... Uh, Somebody will start a thread on Tex Robertson uh, and how good he is. What are his attributes? Can he kick with both feet? What's his marking like? Well, or is we, that a bit, he, bit too I'll early you, for that? It's probably a bit early, but I'll tell you what he has got is he's a very, very quick. He's very quick. Um, fastest runner in the school at the moment in his age group, I would have thought. So if I'm a little bit biased, uh, he's won every race that he's ever been in. <laughs> so um, on the footy field, I watch him. He's very, very fast. Tex is um, very good in the gymnastics. He goes to gymnastics. He got selected into a squad because he's been on his hands from the very get-go. And I see a lot of attributes of my sort of um, athletic. I was always a bit uh, gymnastic-wise. I was always on my hands too and walking and doing handstands and all that sort of stuff. Um, His mum was a dancer, so he's very in check with his body. So hopefully it's a good mix there that one day can uh, make me proud because nothing would make me happier than to see... Pull on the number 24 Guernsey. <laughs> Robbo, there'd, there'd, be a, there'd be a whole generation of young D's fans who didn't see you play. Um, are you now recognised by the Junior Demons as uh, that guy on the scoreboard? Um, yes, or... <laughs> that, yes, that's exactly right. Short answer, yes. Um, their mum and dad goes, why don't you get Robbo's autograph? And they look me at it and they go, why? Why? Um, they go, oh, that's mummy's favourite player or that's daddy's favourite player. 
and I give a wry grin. And then I think they do realise that I'm the guy on the microphone. And, <laughs> and I think my, my boy's probably been a little bit surprised by that as well. Is why why is everyone asking for your autograph, Dad? You're just a watcher. You just watch the game. <laughs> so, I suppose... I oh, used to play it, but he didn't. <laughs> right. <make it. laughs> That's right. So he's coming to that realization now on the footy cards and all that sort of stuff. And it's really, guys, it's a wonderful thing. It really, really is to have that in my history, in my, in my past, and to know that um, I had this special thing. It feels like a lifetime ago, but I had this special thing that I can always go back to and recount playing at the oldest football club in the world alongside some of the greats, Gary Lyon, Jeff Farmer, David Neitz, Adam Uzage, and, you know, the list goes on, you know, just terrific players. I was watching a highlights video on YouTube today uh, while I was uh, pulling some audio, and, yeah, it was great to relive not just uh, your your you know your highlights but to see some of the guys that you played with um it, it, there was there were some excellent players and you know you just named a few i named a few before um we really uh really did have a great team at that time oh we sure did um like i said before unfortunately we weren't able to go all the way had a few things gone a little differently for us who knows but look we we, we can't think back got to look forward and i think simon goodwin's got himself a really great bunch of talented young kids that he and Brennan McCartney and the great coaching staff, Josh Money, to see uh, the, the um, football operations, you go into the administration of the board, the sponsors. The club is set up. You know, there's no issues at all that I can see that's holding this football club back now. Now it's the waiting game because uh, every week we're the second, third, fourth youngest team out on the park across the AFL. And that's, you know, a little bit of patience from the Melbourne sports. been asking for patience for a lot of time, but this is... A real journey started with Paul Ruse. Simon Goodwin's got it now, and in the near near future, we're going to see some really exciting times. All right. Well, well, talking about your former coach Neil Danaher, I think it would be remiss of us not to mention the fact that there is a massive fundraising event coming up that's for a cause close to, I think, everybody's heart, called the Danaher Drive. Um, yeah, event. absolutely. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about that and your role and how everyone who's listening, you know, all 25 of us or 50 or 100 hey, of us yep. <laughs> can support that? You both told me 10,000. No, no, all good. Um, no, no, look, Neil's a, Neil's a very special person to a lot of us guys that played under him. Uh, he was our father figure. He's obviously had a massive effect on our, our lives. Now, obviously... He's got a real issue, and we know this, we've seen it. He's been, I don't need to talk too much about what he's been doing, spearheading the um, the, the, um, the, the defeat the beast and the fight MND and uh, all those sorts of things. The, the Denaher Drive is coming up in October, and I have a team, and we raise money. We go around Victoria, and between um, a whole group of people in cars, we raise a lot of money, and, and we're talking millions between us. Um, I, my group, with a couple of people that work at the Melbourne Football Club, we're going again and we hope to raise a little bit of money. Already we've raised $5,000. We hope to get to $10,000 before October. So if I can ask anybody out there who's free on Sunday to come down to the Sporting Globe in Richmond from 2 o'clock, um, 2 o'clock to around about 6 o'clock. Start at 2 if you want to and we'll be there and have a few drinks with us, have a bit of fun. We're going to have Thomas Bug come down and... and um, have a chat to some of the supporters. 
there's going to be music. Um, we've got a massive raffle going on. There is so, it's almost, if look, I can almost guarantee that everybody that goes is going to win a prize. That's how many people have jumped on board to help us with raffle prizes. Um, so, yes, yeah, Sunday, Sporting Globe Richmond from 2 o'clock. Get there, 2, 3, 4 o'clock. We're going to be rocking it out and finishing around about 6 o'clock with a lot of musicians having some fun. I've plugged it enough. I've got to go now, fellas, because I've got to get this little fella to bed. It's been great talking to you, and thanks so much for having me on. Jeez, talking about me is the thing that I do best. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. well, Russell, thank you for your time tonight. You're a true legend of the football club, and it's great to see you continue your association with this great club, and we appreciate you coming on the podcast tonight. Thank you very much. Good on you, fellas, and keep talking up the twos. We, we will. Don't you worry about see you that. <laughs> see, you boy, te- Texas, see you, Tex. See you, Tex. Sleep well, buddy. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks. Thanks, Robbo. Bye. Bye, guys. See you. Well, that was, uh, that was the great uh, Russell Robbo Robertson. Um, yeah, great interview. Uh, he loves talking about uh, the Ds, and so do we. And uh, it's great to have, you know, um, Robbo you know, still associated with the club because, um, you know, you go – and I love his – as I said to him, I love his match day role because you go to uh, some of our uh, away games and you see some of the very vanilla type of uh, hosts that they've got uh, uh, hosting their the, the opposition club's home home match. And, um, yeah, they just don't have the same spark that uh, Robbo has. And, uh, yeah, really, it's really enjoyable part of the uh, match day experience uh, watching the Ds. Absolutely. And, and he's far superior to, say, when you go to Etihad and you go to a Bulldogs game, it's absolutely boring, puerile, asinine rubbish that they put on. But then it probably suits their supporters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it does. Um, if anyone else uh, would like to uh, call the show, uh, 039016 uh, or you can Skype us, Demonland31. We are waiting to take uh, your call. Um, so we'll uh, continue on. Uh, with, uh, well, yes, if, if I could just uh, put a stop to this for a minute while I check on Demonland and <laughs> I just wanted to see if someone started the Tex <laughs> Robertson thread yet. But uh, nobody has at the moment, perhaps, someone like Sir Why You Little or <laughs> one of the others could get on, Dazzle Davey, um, and start that, uh, yeah. start that thread. Well, I, think, I, th- I think Robbo did mention that he's only six years old, so uh, there's still, uh, you know, probably 11 or 12 years before uh, he can uh, pull on the uh, boots but, well, uh, in that case, it'll become one of the longest-running threads on the <laughs> on the site. You know, I, matching the uh, that no Tom Scully thread that uh, seems to be very popular. Well, hopefully, the uh, the Demonland uh, server can outlast uh, uh, that time because uh, on the weekend after the game, uh, our server just crashed and. It took us a long time to get it back up, and even once we got it back up, um, there were more problems than you can imagine, um, and uh, we had to sort of do a bit of a partial restore uh, to the thing. I don't know all the technical ins and outs. Um, uh, Nasha is sort of uh, across that more than myself, and just another big thank you to Nasha and as well as our hosting company who... Um, in the 11th hour, got us uh, back up and running and fixed a couple of issues that uh, that Nasher and I couldn't uh, fix ourselves. So thank you to our hosts and to Nasher. And let's not forget that 
Nasha comes from that yes. state that I'm not going to mention that's south of the Bass Strait. Well, I was I was talking to Nasha not over the phone, just via text after the game, and uh, he was very grumpy. Uh, he did make the trek out uh, out to um, out to the game, and uh, you know witnessed what he witnessed, and then had to go home and deal with <laughs> Demonland, who performed uh, about as well as the team did on the day. So, uh, mm. yeah, thank you, Nasha, for putting up with uh, our silly sight. Um, Yes, uh, well, we'll get back onto it. I don't think, I think maybe we'll, we'll revisit the glaring weaknesses in defence as we enter the final uh, phase of uh, season 2017. We're, we are well and truly in the home stretch with hopefully we've got more than four games to go this season. But um, yeah, we've really got to uh, knuckle down. And what do you think? We have to win at least three of the remaining four to be guaranteed a final spot? Can we get him with just two wins? No, I, I think we might struggle with two because there's there's a fair lineup, and you've got a team like Essendon that's got a fairly easy draw that I think you know they could jump over us if we're not careful. Well, I think the key key is this week against GWS. Well, how many spots are sort of up for grabs? You, I think the tops is 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 six, seven, and eight. Uh, the spots that are up for grabs uh, is the top five uh, pretty much sealed. As in, with those teams that are in the top five currently, they're the teams that are, will probably definitely make the finals. Well, theoretically, mathematically, mm. yeah. Well, Port, Port Adelaide are only on forty-four points, so if they well, fall on bad times, they might drop out. They've got a terrific percentage, of course. Well, they've uh, got but, uh, Port Adelaide, ha- play Adelaide this week. All right, so you can lose that. Coll- they then play Collingwood, and Collingwood are a bit unpredictable, as uh, we've seen. They they can take it up to the best of them, and, uh, uh, that, and then they have the Bulldogs, who are starting to maybe find some form, and then they have the Gold Coast Suns at home, in the la- at uh, Port Adelaide's home. So... They've got a few yeah. games they potentially could lose. They could lose three of those games. So, yeah, perhaps their place isn't uh, sealed either. So there could be a number of places up for grabs in the in the top eight, but you'd think the top four for sure is um, has been locked down. Mm. And Sydney have not an easy draw. It, Sydney have sure. a very tough draw, I noticed the other day. Uh, they have um, Geelong this well, week, not an easy game. Uh, Fremantle, well, you'd think they would win that one. Um, they have Adelaide Adela. away, and they have Carlton. Carlton. Well, they should beat mm. Carlton. So they'll probably, uh, I mean, they should win at least two, uh, maybe three of those, depending on how they go against uh, Geelong this week. Um, but they should get there too. Uh, West Coast, who do they play? Uh, West Coast have... Um, St Kilda this week at Eddie House. No Saints. Come on, Saints. Yeah, but we. Yeah, uh, they've got Carlton at home. Uh, they've got GWS away, and they have in the last game have uh, Adelaide. Adelaide. Oh, okay, so they've got a tough. Uh, they've got a tough one going in, but Adelaide could in that last game maybe just roll over if they're guaranteed a home final. So. Um, hmm. 
We are yeah. always suspect of teams doing that. And then outside the eight, the Western Bulldogs uh, have Brisbane this week. Uh, that's chalk up over a win for them. They play GWS uh, at Etihad. They play Port Adelaide. Where is Mars Stadium? <laughs> On Mars, I would say. <laughs> Mars Stadium. Where do they play uh, giveaway home games to? Where is Mars Stadium? It's oh, Mars Ballarat. Stadium, of course. Ballarat. It's Ballarat. Yeah. Ballarat. So uh, they play uh, Port in Ballarat. Um, Should be an intelligent crowd. And then they've got game. Hawthorne. So uh, the teams that we are sort of competing with all have at least two tough games. Um, some of them three tough games. So we, yeah, we've our, our opposition don't have. Easy runs home. What, what was Essendon? Essendon had um, uh, Carlton this week. Mm. You'd think they should beat. They've got Adelaide. They've got Gold Coast, which they should win. And they've got the Dockers that Eddie had. So, you know what? Essendon, I think Essendon are going to make the finals. Um, they've got three relatively easy games that they should win. Um, so, I'm thinking Essendon are going to make it. But all the other teams have uh, some tough runs, and then you've got a few teams um, sort of like St Gilda, Hawthorne, um, who virtually have to win every game plus percentage. So um, we've just got to win three, three, three or four or try and go for the, the four. Um, but it's got, it's got to start this week. Um, let's talk about this week. Um, uh, ins and outs. Now, now whispering, you can talk your ins and outs. Um, you mentioned, um, you know, who's going to replace uh, Hogan. So we've got two candidates, um, Cam or Sam. Um, who replaces uh, Hogan? You, you put uh, uh, Sam Wiedemann's hat in the ring. Um, do we go Cam Peterson just to add uh, a bit of a relief Ruckman um, to the mix? Mm. Well, well, there are a few people who have been of the view that had Cam Peterson played in Tasmania last Saturday that we might have even won the game. Um, I'm not so sure. Um, he's been a really solid, hard-working player at the club. I just think it's time for Sam Wiedemann to stand up. He kicked six goals a few weeks ago, had a rough patch, but I'm told that his game for Casey last Sunday, it was, um, was excellent. He got 21 possessions, um, nine kicks, 12 handballs, kicked three goals, three. He was off target in the first half, kicked three very good goals, took some strong marks. I think he's ready. All right, yeah. But I've, I, look, early on in the year, I was a big fan of his. I wanted him in the team. Um, I thought it was just a matter of time before he started uh, holding those marks. And, you know, I can see the guy's going to be a star in the future, hopefully. Um, but he's got to start taking those marks in the, in the, in the big leagues. Um, th- there's another guy whose name is in the mix for this week, and uh, he was elevated off the um, rookie list, was he? Uh, Corey Maynard, you, you were a big fan of him the last time you were on the Demon Lamb podcast, and uh, it seems that uh, the club agrees with you and have uh, elevated him to the senior list. Um, it looks like he's going to get a game sooner rather than later. So um, you'd think before the year is out he'll get a game, and possibly this week. 
Well, possibly this week. Uh, I'm not too sure because we've got two midfielders coming back and Corey Maynard plays in the midfield. But and is Bernie Vince a, a certainty to come straight back in? Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So He'll be back. So we've got uh, Jones and Vince certainties to come in. Uh, obviously, Hogan goes out, so we probably need to replace him with a big guy. So that's either uh, Sam or, or Cam. Um, and then who else comes out? Uh, we, I think we identified a few players earlier on. Um, Trengove, mm-hmm. you would think, probably comes out um, for Jones or for Vince. And then <sighs> one of the other young, smaller brigade, whether it's... Uh, JKH. JKH. Well, he, he has an all right game. Um, mm. Harms uh, has been playing all right, but Jones, someone's got to make way. <laughs> well, they might give Mitch Hannon a rest. Yep. Uh, look, the, the, there is one other player who played quite well by all accounts, and that's Billy Stretch, who we mentioned earlier, yep. would be a possible chance of getting in. Yeah. Uh, so bit uh, early, bit early for Angus Brayshaw, who did did. By all accounts, play well in well both weeks. Well, two weeks since he's come back, but but really, given that he was out for about seven weeks before with those concussion issues, it's unlikely that he'll do, get do, picked this do you week. Think, do you think we'll see him uh, before the year is out? Uh, depends on how he plays for the next form, couple of weeks I, at Casey. I'm saying if form continues the way it's been going. Uh, you know, high twenties uh, possessions, sort of mid mid to high twenties, possibly crack a thirty. You'd think he'd be a sneaky chance late in the year, but as as I mentioned earlier, we're at the pointy end of the season, so there aren't many too many weeks uh, uh, left. Um, well, he'd have to come into consideration if he continues the way he is for another couple of weeks. So uh, we'll see how he goes. Well, hopefully the F word is in play and then he's got a few more weeks. Um, the other um, the other thing I note about the game is um, Brett Deledio makes his uh, long-awaited return to uh, football. Is that a concern for us or are we happy to have players that are underdone uh, coming to teams? Um, although we don't have a good record when stars return. <laughs> They usually play at their best, even if they've had uh, 200 and whatever days out he has had. Or two. Well, yes. I think it's been a long time out. Sometimes players in their first game back really put in a blinder and then they sort of go into their shells for a couple of weeks. So, so it remains to be seen. But, I mean, the fact that Delidio is in will mean that somebody else is out and GWS have got such such a big talent pool mm. Um I believe Coniglio, is he due back? I don't know. I haven't seen his name. Has his name been mentioned as a as a certain returner? I don't, I'm not too sure. But uh, you, we've got, uh, well, Green's obviously uh, out, suspended. Uh, Mumford's injured. Uh, uh, Jeremy Cameron he, is injured. So they've got a few big names out. Uh, if ever we were a shot to beat them. Perhaps this week is the week, and um, you know. Well, actually, Coniglio played last week. Oh, did he? he got pl- oh, yes. Yeah, sorry, positions. he he did. That's why I haven't heard his That's name right. mentioned as a yeah. certain star. Well, the reason we <laughs> haven't heard many of these players' names is 
you know, who wants to watch GWS Fremantle? I mean, the colour scheme is all over the place. Well, it was also on at the same time as our game, I believe. So, um, right, I didn't is that see, why? I didn't see any of that game. I just saw the uh, scores. And at one time, I think late in the game, uh, Frio were actually up um, by a fair bit. And we were like, well, yeah, we've really got to take this because we could uh, start getting close to leapfrogging GWS on the ladder, but that didn't Well, that's out. right. <laughs> that we we could have well been equal in on points with mm. GWS, and uh, and today and fr- Saturday's game would have meant that we would have leapfrogged them. So there's yeah. another opportunity we missed. Well, that's the eight-point games they talk about, even though we didn't mm. directly play them. Um, it could have been uh, a different uh, story to our, uh, our, our march towards September. Um, hmm. They do have some talented players, not the least of who is Tom Scully. Who uh, we don't mention that name on this podcast. <laughs> who is number nine on the GWS list? And, you know, I don't, I don't wish him any ill, but uh, Jack Viney, if he's in your sights, <laughs> you know what to do. I'll, I, I don't think Legal, I'll ever legally, get, of course. I don't think I'll ever get over that that one. Um, uh, just correct me for like uh, when he was, you know, when all that was going down, uh, there was a lot of big deal, big deal made about uh, were you not allowed to talk to opposition teams during the year um, when that was all going down? Well, but, you were if you were a prospective GWS player, but um, no, all that all that aside, were you allowed? Because did, you know, Jake Lever met with uh, the D's this week. Is that is that allowed now? Um, whereas it wasn't back then, or was the whole was the whole controversy over the fact that he well allegedly lied to um, to Jim Steins uh, about whether he had signed or not or spoken to them? What what was the um, what was the controversy at oh, the time? Look, it's, it's been done to death. Yeah, I'll, I'll I just refresh my memory. <laughs> you know, okay, <laughs> all right. Moving now, on. I'll, I'll end up having fights with people. <laughs> All right. But I, I must say uh, there was a time about in the last week before he made his announcement that he was leaving us that I was actually at a dinner organised by one of the club supporters and he was one of the players invited to attend. And uh, I spoke to him that night and he didn't have a clue that he was going to Sydney, so... There you go. All right. Um, anyway, he's no longer a demon, and um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Jack Viney, you know what to do. No, no, no. <laughs> we're, we're not advocating anything untoward at all. I didn't say Jack. anything. <laughs> uh, not, not wink, wink. Um, we, yes. we couldn't get Tom Bug off for a week, and uh, <laughs> yes, no, no, just forget that. He's the man. Uh, he's the man to do it. Um, but you can go and listen to him at the Sporting Globe on Sunday with Robbo. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I might just give uh, uh, the plug about that. Uh, Robbo did have to leave. His son had to, uh, had to go to bed, uh, fair enough, six-year-old. Uh, you know, my uh, six-year-old was well asleep a long time ago. Uh, so basically they are holding an event on the afternoon of Sunday, which is, um, which is this Sunday, the 6th of August at 2.30 p.m. Uh, Robbo got it wrong. 2.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Sporting Globe Richmond. 
Lauren Phillips will be the MC, and Russell uh, will and friends will be playing some live music for guests to enjoy. Uh, there will also be some great raffle and door prizes up for grabs, as Robbo mentioned. Uh, tickets are $15 if purchased pre-event and $20 at the door. Uh, if you would like to join them, uh, there's a link, uh, which is uh, fightmnd.com. Um, Sprout Ticks, which is S P O U T I X dot com dot au slash events. I'll put a link up on uh, Demon Land uh, in the uh, podcast thread uh, if you want to um, think. But if you are unable to make it, uh, you can go on to uh, everydayhero.com.au and look up Danaher's Drive 2017, and you can um, you can. Uh, Give the club, uh, give them some money, their team some money uh, towards and, and, what they want. And to if you don't, if you don't give them any money, then you'll have to front up to Thomas Bug yeah. and his mad <laughs> stare. So, my suggestion is, open up your heart and your wallet and give generously. Yes, and um, I think on on that, uh, I think on that note. Um, We'll leave it uh, there. As always, if you want to uh, listen to uh, this podcast, uh, you can download us. Uh, you can download the podcast on iTunes. Just search for Demon Lad Podcast. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud. Search for Demon Land. Uh, there are there are links all over uh, DemonLand.com website to be able to uh, download the podcast. If you want to listen to past ones. Uh, you can catch us every week, Wednesday, 8.30. We're looking at getting one of the coaching staff on for next week. I don't have uh, uh, a name yet, but, uh, yeah, we will probably have someone from the coaching staff either this week or next week. Um, yeah, 8.30 Wednesdays, you can join us uh, live, uh, demonland.com slash podcast. Join us in the chat room and... Um, We'll be back next week. Whispering Jack may join me. I might uh, bring him out one another week uh, while Grapeviney is away. So uh, thank you all for joining us. Thank you to uh, Russell Robertson and Tex. And thank you to uh, Whispering Jack. Uh, it's been a yes. pleasure. And thank you. And uh, could somebody please get that Tex Robertson thread up uh, <laughs> as soon as possible? Thank you very much and good evening. Well, you do know how to use the internet now, so uh, perhaps you can start that thread. All hmm. right. Um, thank you very much. Uh, get to your TVs this weekend uh, on Saturday and watch the Ds, and uh, hopefully we've got some good news to talk about uh, next week because it's no fun uh, talking about uh, players who aren't performing. So let's hope the boys put in a big effort. Uh, go Ds, and uh, we'll catch you next week, Wednesday, 8.30, live on demonland.com. Go Ds.